Hey guys, welcome back. Just a reminder, grab a ticket to our conference next May 22nd through the 25th. Come hang out with us in Grafton, Illinois. Once again, Rebecca Rose spoke at our first Secret Space Conference, which is which was a success. We had a blast and we've had uh, some overwhelming feedback, so we decided to do it again. It's not Secret Space themed this year, but it's going to be fun and we're really looking forward to it. On-site lodging has sold out. Uh, there is camping on-site available if you want to yeah. take advantage of that. But there are hotels and Airbnbs nearby if you want to uh, look into that. Or you can get on the Telegram group, and that link is available on the website, and try and coordinate either find a ride or a roommate with somebody there because people are looking for roommates. And live stream tickets are going to be available again. They are only $99 this year. Uh, so take advantage of that if you can't make it, if you can't travel. Unfortunately, with the... Uh, COVID restrictions. A lot of people still can't travel into the U.S. We're hoping to get, or we're hoping they lift that before the conference, but we'll see what happens. Um, we also have a new promo code for the Hopewell Farm CBD, JTT New, gets you 20% off all of their products until the end of the year. That link is below. Promo code JTT New and Omnia Radiation Balancer. If you guys are looking for something to any sort of EMF protection, their patches and pendants they sell that protect against EMF. It balances the frequency coming in and actually turns it into something beneficial for your body. There's been a lot of great results from that. And people seem to love it. You get 10% off all their products with promo code TRUTH, all caps. Tonight, we are joined by our friend, Rebecca Rose. She's been, she's a returning guest. I don't know how many times you've been on our channel by now, but uh, the third, third time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back. Uh, your presentation was fantastic. We just recently uploaded that. People seem to love it. Uh, it was very powerful. And you've been kind yeah. of on doing a little interview circuit yourself. And we're excited to have you back. You have some recent revelations, some new things coming forward. We're going to try and get into some brand new stuff today. And we're really excited. So how are you doing? Yeah, I'm happy to see you guys again. It's good to be back on your show. So thanks for thanks for having me again. Yes, yeah, happy to see you. Great, you too, yeah. I see that you've been enjoying Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I finally moved from the old location, and I've, I've always wanted to come back to the north. I used to live in the Yukon, to the east of Alaska, in northern Canada. So I love Not for everybody. I mean, I'm in the interior, and we're, I mean, every day is way below zero. So <laughs> but I love it, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I not mean, for me, but that's... Yeah. <laughs> I would visiting i would vi yeah. i wouldn't want to it's too cold for me not only below <laughs> zero but like no sunlight hardly that too that would be rough. correct correct yeah some people are built for that though you seem to be enjoying it i in one of your videos i love it well and we have the aurora up here the aurora borealis you have that like, though I mean, oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's it's so magical it's so magical yeah in one of your recent videos in one of your recent videos you said it reminds you of space in a way that True enough, and I, because I'm like, why am I so drawn to these, what my most people would say, like not for me kind of environments, like these forsaken lands, like it's super extreme, super hot, super cold, super desolate, super remote, whatever it is, I'm I'm always drawn to that, and and Alaska being so cold and remote and um dark, at least for this part of the year, it, it does remind me of space. So that was a, a small revelation on my part. Yeah, <laughs> like, is there a corollary to that? So right. you've been having some other revelations come forward. 
um, you've gotten a hold of your uh, some old documents that belong to your father, and you've been making some discoveries about him and some connections there. I don't know if you wanted to get into any of that or where you wanted to start. If you had anything, yeah. You to share where do we where do we go with that? Um, you know, they're the documents. I just inherited them, and I've looked through them, and I, every time I look through stuff, just piles of stuff that I kind of have fresh eyes. Is my understanding of the programs themselves, and also like my father. Who was he? Who was that mystery man? That becomes a little more refined over time and more sophisticated. And looking at it like, you know, like taking a fine coat, fine tooth comb to each and every little thing and like writing down everything that I recall about him and, and kind of putting clues together. Because most of your audience will know that he worked in Top Secret and he worked in the, the world of, of Deep Black, Deep Black Budget Projects um, with the Navy and with Lockheed and so on. Um, a lot of, of that was in communications, which covers a broad swath of territory, really. But it's he remains, in many ways, kind of unknown. Uh, so I'm, I'm always looking for clues. And I very much believe he was taken into, uh, I don't think it was a 20 and back or a time and back like that. But when he was nine, he was also abducted. And there's tons of evidence like on his computer and through his sci-fi work and uh, sci-fi book collection and everything of his interest in space. Like that's very clear. So kind of putting things together, uh, some of his technical notes that he left and um, just his interests, his music, his correspondence, um, his penchant for deep secrecy uh, as far as his the aliases he kept um, when he worked online. And he always used a uh, like a spread spectrum phone which is a military technology, which allows your communications through that phone to be undetected because it spreads the, spreads the spectrum. So it, it flips around and it can't be traced very well. Um, he was very familiar with the, the TOR, the Onion Router Network, which is famous for being part of um, like where people do things and access the dark web. But it's also not just for the dark web and illicit, uh, illicit activities, but, but where you would want the most privacy. And I suspect that has a lot to do with what he was, he was, he was in surveillance himself. He knew everything that was going on with that and how everything is so porous. So uh, we're, we're tracked all, everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. you've, you've discovered some connections with no man's land and his notes. And I'll let you explain that because no man's land is a video game that deals with outer space and planetary travel and alien humanoids into uncharted territories. What was your discovery as far as what you found? Yeah. So I, it's actually no man's sky. I no was man's looking sky, at, uh, no man's yeah, sky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a, there was a technical diagram he'd made of a, a shrunken fractal helix. And, um, this was on his desk and it just piles of, you know, think of a mad scientist. This was his, where he lived. <laughs> and, at the bottom of it was this random note. It said "No Man's Sky," so I just thought, "Well, what is that?" I looked it up, and it's a—it's from the gaming world. It's a—it's a—it's a virtual reality game which you go to space and explore universes, make bases, discover aliens, and um, you know, drive craft and all of that. You know, pilot craft. Uh, I think that was really fascinating. I've been looking at some of the like screenshots of of the actual, you know, No Man's Sky. And they're really, they are really fascinating. It's like more, you know, of that that world. And so when I look at stuff like that, it's like, well, was it just because he really dug sci-fi? 
or had he been in space? I mean, right. You know. Well, if he's dealing in top secret programs and he has that note on his paper, to me, like the inspiration for video games like that comes from real things. And mm -hmm. I'm sure he was involved in that. There's no question, actually, if considering what you've been through. Yeah, 100%. I, that's what I think. It's just like I can't, I don't have a document in my hand that says, you know, when he was taking and what he was doing. I know that that once you have a, a clearance of that nature and top secret with uh, the SEI designation, secret compartment and information, they own you and they own your family. And I know he was manipulated. He wasn't a free man. Uh, I'm sure of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so there's lots of that kind of um, dribs and drabs, you know, trying to put piece things together. And I think I mentioned this before, like, I didn't know until like on his deathbed that he was even working in these programs. I didn't know he had, you know, he was part of the classified world. I had no idea. Right. Well, that shows you how secretive it is. I mean, these Completely. people, yeah, yeah, they operate in complete secrecy. I know somebody who works for Boeing and he works for an advanced warfare faction, which they basically, they basically predict scenarios 20 years in advance, war scenarios, 20 years in advance and figure out what type of technology the bad guys will have then. And they try to come up with a technology that could compete with that 20 years in the future. And when I ask him questions, he can't answer anything. Like, and I've known this guy right. for, I've known this guy for years, almost my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I just found out through converse, mini conversation. That's what he does. Like, they don't right. talk about this stuff. No way. No way. And, and part of me has like gone, well, I think they vet these kind of people who they know are really buttoned up and then they build it out. Like, like, you know, like they take us into the programs and they build out whatever your attribute is. They look for people who are completely like. Right. Never gonna, they're gonna die with a thousand secrets. Yes, it's never gonna leave, you know. And and that's right. exactly who he is. Yeah, reminds me of when S Stephen Greer always talks about um, the people that find out about the secret stuff and then are outraged by it and want and demand. And he's like, Well, why do you think they didn't tell you about it? He's like, What would you have done <laughs> if you, if yeah. he's like, Oh, I would have done this and that. And he's like, That's why they didn't involve you yeah you. yeah they, yeah, they, my, yeah they profile you from the get-go and see if you're gonna fit you're gonna mm -hmm. be willing to do what they want you to do and be who they want you to be 100 percent. and he mentioned um like having to take multiple polygraphs over the course of his career you mm -hmm. know with, with that old thing and he he was so understated like there'd be some like great shocking thing happen and he'd just say sky is falling <laughs> yeah <laughs> like the house is on fire just like there's no response no big deal so, yeah fascinating um so i think it's just part of somehow and i can't articulate this very well linearly or cognitively but i understand it intuitively that i as i go deeper into his story somehow it helps me understand my story more and more fully um and it, it, it unlocks some kind of karma too. some brings something to completion and fruition and almost like, and I've said this to my father, like he's, you know, he died a couple of years ago, but I kind of chat with him in the other realm and maybe more of that will open as far as um, him giving me more direct information about what we're talking about here. But um, I've said that I'm, you know, hey, dad, I'm not trying to 
you know, like because I speak about him all the time, very publicly, in the aftermath of his of his passing. It's like I don't mean you're wrong. I just know your story is connected to mine and my brother's, and the truth has to be told. And I think he really understands that. And he wasn't ever able to do what I'm doing. So I'm like the opposite, like <laughs> totally transparent. There's not a lot I'm not willing to go into. Um, and I think it resolves something for both of us. Well, and, and my brother well, as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, right. And you're completing his work in a way because the people like that, that those secrets, they that's a weight on their shoulders all the time. They're carrying a weight around all the time. And a lot of times, you know, these people yeah. are groomed from day one. Mm -hmm. They're blackmailed into positions. Yes. They end up in a place they don't know how they got there, but they're in too deep. You know, they know they can't open their mouth. It's like, okay, well, I'm a slave to these people now. So I either keep participating or I die. Like that's kind of how they, they, or, they feel. Or their family could be harmed as well. And they're mm -hmm. afraid of that. Mm -hmm. Probably even more yeah. than themselves getting killed, you know? So they, yeah. it's like they have them locked down. Yeah. It's like, that's how these mm -hmm. things work. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, until, you know, it's all coming out now, luckily, because it's, Mm. it is we're there you know that's yeah disclosure and awakening yeah. is all is well all happening i did want to get your thoughts so that new bill that that 300 or 858 billion dollar uh defense bill that biden signed that's supposed to um <clears throat> include whistleblower protection like that's interesting to me now i don't know i don't think they're talking about like ssp whistleblowers I'm, i think they're talking yeah. about you know People more on the lines of maybe Bob Lazar. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Elizondo. Yeah. But like lower. Yeah. Lower, yeah. Lower, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I have to admit, I'm always like, my first thing is always like, I'm really kind of skeptical, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But but let's leave the door open for a, Yeah. <laughs> Very skeptical. Yeah. Well, well let's see, though. I think we, it, this is all part of, of the change that's in progress, right? I mean, this is happening. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I, do, I am hopeful underneath my skepticism. Yeah. Right. Well, regardless of who's, quote, in power right now. Yeah. Uh, like, we know it's not red or blue. Like, this is all no. one entity, right? So, Well, it's, it's deep state cabal versus the rest of humanity is, is essentially right but either what i'm trying to say is they're on both it doesn't matter yeah. who signed that bill because it's actually ultimately we know it's the drip drip soft disclosure but it's right. ultimately a step forward like we got to go somewhere we have yeah. to you know right it's like yeah their hands being forced is why they're doing this or they're trying to steer they're trying to give a little bit to steer us towards their agenda possibly which is not going to work, in my opinion, even yeah. though they're trying. And no to matter what happens to it, like the the fact that this is a thing, this is a headline, this is being proffered now. Right. It's really big. That's quite large. Right. Um, like, hey, heads up, everybody, the general public going, oh, really? So are you, you know, it's interesting. I think the wording, instead of unidentified aerial phenomena, it was like, un, what was it? Anomalous, anomalous phenomena. Unidentified anomalous UAP. phenomena. Right. The, yeah, the they, language. Yeah, the language was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They they're, they're constantly rebranding this. I mean, it's like they're trying to figure out a way how to do this without you know telling on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is hilarious. Yeah, because there's no way. Uh, right. Yeah. But it's funny. Well, just real quick. So they, it's funny to me that you know, 
they're they're giving us a little bit but trying to control the narrative still and steer us and and do this limited hangout but it's like i'm like there's no way that people are just going to be like oh these things you've been lying about for decades and now you're now all of a sudden you're giving us truth and you expect us to just believe what you're saying and not look any further you know it's kind of like once yeah. the cat's out of the bag once people wake up like oh now even the governments and all the official everything is admitting ufos are real mm -hmm. and ets are real and these technologies are real to a certain extent it's like well now the possibility for everything and the mainstream society is to them it's like well now anything's possible so why would we stop at what you're telling us you know it's kind of like it's kind of like mm -hmm. you're waking people up to a certain degree that like it's like they can't um they can't put that cat back in the bag and they they, they I think their hands being forced. That's why I really do. I don't think they want any of this stuff to be out there unless they absolutely had no choice to tell the public. That's a good point. <laughs> absolutely. Like they know they yeah. have to do it for whatever mm -hmm. reason. And they're still trying to like steer it, you know, towards yeah. their agenda. Like kicking and screaming to the bitter end, like right. the 11th hour. We're not doing this. No, right. we're not. They've been drug kicking and screaming to this point. Yeah. But they're, yeah. they're still trying right. to, you know but it's funny because it's just going to backfire everything they do is just backfiring on them and waking more people up right and speeding up yeah. the awakening you know right yeah uh i wanted to get into something i heard you mention on a recent video of yours yeah uh you said what does it mean to travel on the river with the bluebird and the whole blue that that triggered something with me and i went down this rabbit hole but i want you to tell the story first and what it means to you and then i'll i'll share some of my findings Okay. Yeah, it was a good riff. Like you really played off of that. I can't, I can't wait for you to, to do the reveal on this. So so just in my last video, let me see how I can make this brief. Um, I I work with child parts, you know, to get information. They're 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 we could look at them as aspects of my subconscious that have that have memory and information that I can't access consciously. And I'll work a lot with my nine-year-old, the one who was taken into the programs or taken into Mars and points beyond, right? And we were chatting, and it's a really unique way this dialogue unfolds, I have to say. It happens in client sessions as well. I work with people, and, and we do this together. Anyway, she was saying something about the river. I want to tell you about the river. And I said, what is the river? Uh, the river outside, you know, I live on a river here. No, no, the river underground. And long story short, she was talking about the tunnel system, and she was also talking about the river being as a metaphor, a child's metaphor for a state of consciousness that is altered through hypnosis, through drugs, through trauma, through any kind of manipulation. And she said something about, it came out as we're going, we went to the river on the bluebird, the bluebird. So this all was hastened by the fact that a couple of years ago, I re could recall getting on a, a white half school bus, a bluebird school bus, bluebird bus company with blue trim, white with blue trim, and I'm sent somewhere, and this was with a gifted program back in elementary school, and I'm getting on this bus, but my memory doesn't go anywhere really beyond that. It's very, I feel like this yucky, awful feeling. And so that's what I had initially been asking her about, to tell me about that memory. Can you tell us more? And that's when she said, uh, we went to the river on the bluebird. So through the tunnels into an alternate state of consciousness. And the bluebird bus thing is hard, taking us back into, to me, it made me think of, 
Project Bluebird, which was a seminal mind control program that was later to become MKUltra back in, this was 1949-1950. And if we look at the Bluebird buses, which have been made for decades carrying kids around, they're still made, Bluebird still makes buses. So that's where you went down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm going to share my screen, actually, because my findings were, uh, this this is a perfect example of like follow the money. Right. Yes. And it just kind of give gives you an idea of what we're dealing with here and how these things are actually pulled off. Because it's so easy for us to talk about this stuff, but people can't grasp the fact that it's actually happening. How, where is this? You know, there's a the big issue, which Tony Rodriguez experienced when he spoke at that conference in California. Uh, they couldn't understand where the funding comes from for these programs. And that's when he had to explain to them, like, first of all, they're using slave labor. And, and second of all, like, y- you have to file the money. Everything isn't what it seems. Don't take everything at face value. So uh, let me share my screen here. Right. They're not going to make it apparent that they're funneling a bunch of money into these black bread. Like, it's going to, you're going to have to do a little digging to. Yeah, right. it's it's like you're not going to just be like, oh, there's the money right there. Um, okay, so let me see here. Bluebird transportation. So can you see that, Rebecca? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Hopefully there's nothing else on my screen. I don't want people to see here. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, so Bluebird transportation. So I just started digging, right? So it's founded in 1932. It's family owned. The original owner dies at a young age of a heart attack. Okay, that's, you know suspicious or not. It was taken over in the 90s by three major corporations, Merrill Lynch Capital Partners, $18.8 billion yearly revenue. Like that's a lot of money, $18.8 billion. I don't think people understand the magnitude of that number. Henley's PLC is based in London. I'll get back to that. Cerberus Capital Ma- Management. So it's a capital management company named Cerberus. Well, what is Cerberus? Cerberus is the three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell. So you already have this nefarious energy that's taken that, yeah. that's taken over the Bluebird uh, transportation system, and in 2016, Cerberus had a 932 million dollar revenue that year, and they only have over 2,000 employees. So 2,000 employees, if you split 932 million dollars, you're talking about some rich people, or that money's being funneled somewhere else. So I started doing some more digging. I found out that Bluebird actually originated as a military supplier. They built bus and ambulance bodies for the armed forces. So it's interesting that the transportation system for our children actually started as a military supplier. And Hensley, one of the companies that uh, now has a share in the uh, Bluebird transportation, one of the shareholders, they're a London motor distributor and they were founded in 1917. And they're primarily focused on military efforts. Assembly of over 25,000 Army vehicles, provided 250,000 tank and aircraft assemblies and parts, handled over 80,000 tank repairs, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a clear military connection with the Bluebird transportation that's supposed to be just a bus system that you know brings our kids to and from school. <laughs> And then Bluebird headquarters is in Jamaica, New York. Uh, So I started just, I wanted to see like the immediate surrounding businesses because I know how these things operate. You know, it's not just one entity. So I started looking at the immediate surrounding businesses in that area. Core communication, it's a network infrastructure system. And I'll share a photo um, of that just because I, 
this is their main website photo. Now this doesn't prove or disprove anything. Um, can you see that? Mm. Yeah. So yep. it's, just, it's just showing it a worldwide infrastructure, Core Communications LLC. Uh, interesting logo here. It could the, be an eye though in that yeah, logo. Yeah, could be an eye. Exactly like an all-seeing eye. Or black sun. Black sun. Possibly. You know, these are the type of things you have to look for when you're, you know, doing research. And this, this doesn't prove or disprove anything. It's just curious, right? Um, let me pull that back up. Not that. Um, this. Okay, so then Starlight Shopping Inc. is another one. Starlight Shopping Inc. is located right next to the Bluebird headquarters, but there is no information available anywhere online about them. I couldn't find a website. I couldn't find anything, but I could find that business was located um, in Jamaica, New York, in that same zip code. So it led me to Starlight Children's Foundation that's been <laughs> operating since the 80s who has helped 21 million kids since 1982. Interesting name, Starlight. They've helped 21 million kids since 1982, working with over 800 children's hospitals. Primary focus is providing an escape for kids via new Starlight virtual reality system. My God. So, <clears throat> you know, this is connected or not. I don't know. It's still interesting. And we know about these foundations and these charities and where where's where that money actually going right so then we have greenwood greenwood security services is another one located right next to uh, bluebird headquarters in jamaica and this one i found particularly interesting uh let's see so they're an offshore company um our clients include corporations and services, oil and gas, chemical manufacturing, electrical power, energy, software development, computing technology, pharmaceuticals, and property management ranging in size from Fortune 100 to startups. Areas of practice include homeland security, compliance, training facility, security, asset protection, workplace violence prevention, and response business information, and trade secret protection, trade secret protection, corporate security, organization development, and executive coaching. Greenwood Security Services is a private corporation and is no way affiliated with the United States government. It's interesting that they say that. <clears throat> so going back to my findings, these are just all either coincidences, I don't know. But like I said, it doesn't prove or disprove anything. It's just interesting to note. Right. Now... Magic School Bus. Now, let's talk about the Magic School Bus cartoon in the 1990s. Do you remember that show, Rebecca? I do. I do, yeah. The Magic yeah. School Bus, the yellow school bus that literally takes kids out of space. You know, interesting enough in itself. I decided to watch the first episode, which, by the way, is called The Magic School Bus Gets Lost in Space. And immediately, in what they introduce in the first episode is a pet lizard. The classroom pet is a lizard and they're told to follow the lizard when they get to space, which I think is interesting. Like when you get to space, just follow the lizard. Okay. Now I guess, I don't know what they're trying to do. Whenever a kid sees a lizard in space, now they're supposed to think it's friendly. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, uh, they start telling us about aliens on other planets. This is a kid's program in the nineties telling you about aliens on other planets 
Um, the whole premise of the first episode, Miss Frizzle takes the children on a field trip to the planetarium, which is closed. Instead of going to the planetarium, they actually go to space. They actually go to outer space. So at the end of the episode, uh, the Magic School Bus headquarters gets a phone call from a concerned person. And they start asking questions. They're like, How, if, that's, if that bus is actually in space, why aren't the children floating? And the guy's answer is, would you believe me if I told you that we use anti-gravity plates to in the bus? Like, why would they share that on a children's show, right? And he starts to explain them the anti-gravity plates. And then this person says, there's no way a spacecraft can make it to all nine planets in one day. And then his reply was, well, if we did it in real time, you would be a grown-up by the time we got to Pluto in real time. So what are they implying there? Now, it's just like, they're kind of like, I don't know, priming these children for these programs, you know, yeah. planting that seed. And then the whole yellow school bus thing, I think that's an MK Ultra trigger. And we had Kamala Harris come out and gushing <laughs> over the yellow school bus. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Can you raise your hand if you love Dang it? it over and over. She right. just kept repeating the yellow school bus. And I feel like that's an MK Ultra trigger also. So I mean, there's a lot of connections here. I just flew through. Yeah, that. Oh, but, totally. Um, I don't know. What are you? What are your thoughts? I love that you dug around like that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was there was a lot in there when the whole blue, like on the to the river on the blue on the bluebird is really interesting, um, metaphorically, and then to have all this connection. So I'm glad you watched my video so you could bring that forward. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the magic school bus stuff is wild. Hundred mm -hmm. percent. Right. Uh, do you also have a picture of? Um, can you show people the picture you had of the the that that bluebird logo is still on the buses? Like this isn't a thing of the past. That the bluebird is still on school buses. Right. Um, I don't have one on hand. Yeah, it's okay. But look for it. <laughs> look for it out there. Search as you're in the world. Yeah, you you can yeah, search for it. Um. Yeah, but that you know it's interesting. It's a bluebird logo, but the bird is black too, which I find interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, right there. It's black. It's blue on the logo, but it's black on the buses. So, I mean, maybe not every bus. I don't actually know, but no, it's really yeah. It's share black. screen. Yeah. Um, can you see that? Am I yes the, yeah. the bluebird? Okay. Yeah, there it is. So it, it's, it's, it, there's an interesting tie there, you know, and in Project Bluebird, the CIA program does, it is MK Ultra program, like you said. So there's a lot of dots to connect. Nothing's black and white. And, you know, there's also a multi-dimensional aspect to everything too. Like there's alternate, alternate dimensions involved and you can't just, you have to have, get rid of your preconceived notions of like the 3D reality of what's possible. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh. You all right over there? You do good over here. I was thinking how true that is and how many, I, I kind of flash back to the time when I, you know, my nine-year-old self was the first one who said we had gone to space. And this was just like back in like, what, like 20, 2018 or something. Like, I didn't know about this. And I said, what were we doing in space, sweetie? She goes, fighting aliens. Hmm. And I kind of had to go, what the fuck? Yeah, You're fighting yeah. aliens in space? Like, I really didn't, I wasn't 
there's always a lot of things I've had to kind of catch up with um, in my own kind of curve with a steep curve going down the, my particular rabbit hole with my uh, very degraded experiences <laughs> throughout all this and how it links up to my family and so many other things. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, a really good statement. It's a, a powerful statement. I mean, everybody who's doing any kind of memory, memory retrieval or is questioning their conventional narrative about their life can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Absolutely. You, you mentioned uh, one of your sessions and I know you've recently, you've gotten back into doing sessions again. And I, I don't know if you're allowed to share anything or not, but like, are you starting to paint a picture of with the information that's coming through from your sessions? I know one of your posts talked about a possible Russian space program that you. Oh, had. there's so many things. I, I don't uh, really divulge much of that. I never give anybody's name ever, 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 of right. course. But um, there's, first of all, I would say the the people who come to see me, you know, I'm a little probably don't have an objective view because the people who come to see me come because they see these shows and they know that I'm going to get what they're talking about. Like if they say they were abducted in their sleep and they went to space, I'm not going to be like, do you think you need to see a psychiatrist about this? Is this kind of some delusion you're having? You know, like I'm going to give them a, a space to talk about that. So but I see, and one of my questions has been, uh, like, how have the programs since since I was taken back in the 70s, early 80s, 82, uh, how have things changed over time? Like, what's going on now? And I would say from my client sessions, I observe that they have found more uh, ways to abduct people that are, how would I say, like, in a way less invasive, but more more insidious, like more through the realm of sleep, more through the realm of the astral and using like psychotronic technology, other high tech AI. Um, I've, I've been with people who, from the looks of what I received in the, the, the Akashic records, they're like training an army, for example, uh, an Armageddon army to take us into a dark timeline and getting these like super soldier warrior types ready to fight for that timeline. I don't think that's where we're going, but it's so disruptive to a person's reality. Mm -hmm. So I think it seems to me that maybe there is not as much physical abduction happening. I could be wrong about that, but it seems to be the ways and means have become subtler and more sophisticated, advanced in a way. I don't know. What do you guys think of that? You know, this is funny because because for one, I'm I'm writing a book. Nobody knows that yet. So this is the first time anybody's heard that but i've been writing a book and i literally just wrote about exactly that i i was talking about how i personally think the physical abductions have lessened but that's only because of the advancements in technology that allow them to abduct your consciousness and Mm -hmm. and not only uh astrally like they can do things astrally via Mm -hmm. psychotic psych or psionics but your consciousness in a clone body right yeah yeah different body and it's funny i just i agree with you 100 percent. they're it's it's incredible what they're capable of and that's what makes this stuff so unbelievable well and hard for people in the general populace to really get what we're like you know it's a it's it's big enough to right. say like i was taken into space but then when you talk about introducing all this like mind-blowing technology it you know you lose people right mm-hmm. yeah like, oh that's what? fantasy that's you might you just watch too much sci-fi, blah 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 blah. Right. Blah, blah. Literally, yeah. they know almost all sci-fi is comes from real stuff. That's how it started in the first place. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's when, actually reversed. 
they think it's all just coming from people getting stuff from sci-fi mostly mm-hmm. but it's actually sci-fi comes from the real stuff and then but it's a perfect cover it's a perfect cover and that's what a lot of whistleblowers say they're like that's one of the reasons they put a lot of the stuff in sci-fi it's is kind of like a plausible deniability like oh these people yeah these these insiders or whistleblowers are just repeating stuff from star wars star trek blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. right when in fact it's exact opposite mm. i have been also feeling like i mean i've been understanding more and more through my own perspective and journeying through my own material and experiences how we are fields of consciousness in bodies mm-hmm. and you know you think about that it's so imperative for us to um to be so to speak the masters of our own our own field our own awareness our, our consciousness that's what changes our parent but it also allows us to stay protected um, so we're not as pliable uh, to those powers or and, and their designs or objectives. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's exactly. honestly the biggest thing right now that we, anyone could be talking about is protecting yourself and like methods of protecting yourself from these types of attacks and some from these things and the power of your mind and what you're actually capable of. Um, you know, it's you don't need to go buy a thousand crystals and grid your house that would help but you know we can do all this stuff on our own we're capable of it just believing Mm -hmm. in yourself and taking that power back taking it away from bringing it back we we are the technology we are the technology we are the technology yes we are the technology we can't we can't say that enough my god yeah which is why why they push so hard to mind control us and manipulate psychologically so we never ever ever discover that we are the ones with all the power <laughs> in creating our our reality mm-hmm. yeah. and and yeah. never discover you know we we've been given this ridiculous truman show matrix version of reality that we're supposed to believe in, and when they push that so hard to keep us in that box and when you finally start thinking for yourself and looking outside of that box which takes courage in and of itself and um, can be traumatic for people in and of itself, you know, and, and very scary. But if you have the courage to do that, then you see, you see all the strings, you see all the fake sets. It's like, you see it, you see behind the curtain, yeah. you see the men doing things yeah. behind the curtain and manipulating things. And then you're like, Oh, this is all just a fake reality that we're just told we're handed. Here you go. Here's reality. Don't, don't question it. Right. And then you realize, wait, we're the ones creating. They're just telling us, they're just putting out what they want us to create. And then we create it. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's the game. Yeah. That's well said. Game. Well said. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so the wake, the awakening is us waking up to that, to like realizing, oh, we've been manipulated. Right. To yeah. 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 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and then I appreciate create... this part of the conversation. Yeah, and then we can so create important. the reality we actually want to create, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that like that the planet would be an amazing place. I feel like if if there wasn't all this manipulation going yeah. on, you know, for so long and suppression of our consciousness. So you mentioned, well, I agree, by the way, um, but you you were talking about you had some, I guess, possible new information 
what you call Mars manted complications and politics. And I'm curious to know oh, what, yeah, you, yeah, what yeah. you mean well, by so, that. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm continuing to get my own, you know, memories back. I think you guys know that I, I through different means, more information is always coming up. So I, um, I think in our last, like when I first interviewed with you guys two years ago, like, which seems like 10 years ago, um, I had been talking about the mantis on Mars and I couldn't, I remember you and I talking about this, Tyler, like I couldn't understand why, why were we trying, like, why were we fighting the mantis? And then we had mantis who were working for us. And I could like, politically, it's really fucking complicated with the indigenous races on Mars. It has been over time. That is not a simple equation whatsoever. And so uh, recently I've been working on some drawings that illustrate my experiences in space and so on. And uh, I was drawing a big, uh, a large drawing of a mantid elder, the elders as I call them. Um, and when I was in the program there, um, boy, we had a lot of goings on with this group. And I started to connect with the unified field of consciousness of this group as I was doing the drawing. I had not anticipated this. So I was getting like psychic feedback. Um, and it, this went on for some time because it was taking me a while to do the drawing. And I had a memory field open up that was, you know, if you've watched my videos, you know, it's been really hard for me to remember what I did on offense. What was I instigating as a super soldier? What kind of battle stuff was I actually doing? Like as in the aggressor, the attacker, the killer. That's really hard stuff to remember. And so I was taken into a, a really intense field of experience. It wasn't just information coming in. I was going into the experience of the mantids when we attacked them. And it was intense. I could hear all this screaming like frequency. We, our team with the, the what I call as Mars Defense Force, we bombed them, sent a gas into their underground labyrinth as I call it, and then bombarded them with frequency. And I heard them say to me in this whole thing that was opening up with the drawing, remember our strengths and you will also know our weaknesses because they're masters of frequency. We could also co-opt them using frequency. So in that moment of introduced trauma, we mind controlled them. We interjected a lot of nefarious programming through frequency to get them to come work for us. Wow. I mean, it was just, it was just, yeah. it was kind of shocking because it was so elegantly designed. I mean, the whole, a sim somewhat a, a similar analogy to trauma-based mind control with earthlings, earth human people, children, whatever, taking that to the off-world arena to use on other races. How can we co-opt them? What's mm -hmm. the best strategy here? So a lot of the mantids who are working for us were under a kind of spell, let's say. A spell, a program, a, a it's like co-opting a key code so we could get all of them. We never did. They were too strong and wise and powerful for that. But we certainly did go after them in different ways. And they are great survivors. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, it all goes back to frequency again. And mm -hmm. it, it doesn't surprise me that that's being done other places besides Earth, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would. That's just, you know, a normal day. You know, operating as usual for these people mm -hmm. um but it's frequency and i've heard people explain that like raising your frequency is important because you know for the ascension purposes yeah but also um direct energy weapons psychotronic weapons don't work on you like they work better mm -hmm. they're more far more effective on a lower vibe person 
and uh-huh. that's why they want you on and subscription or prescription subscription prescription medicine mm-hmm. uh that keeps your vibe substantially lower and mind control works way better and works everything way, works works way better, way better when, yeah. you, when you're uh, yeah if you're traumatized and dissociated you are operable period right yeah 100 percent. and that's another thing we need to remember too is like all these people coming forward in these truthers and and the influencers in the community uh, a lot of them are whistleblowers a lot of them if not all of them participated in these programs maybe not everybody remembers i think a lot more people were involved that actually have their memories uh but either way we're talking about we're looking at victims of mk ultra right so i mean if that if that happened to you as a child um you're probably still easily manipulated unfortunately in some aspects because they know your weaknesses they know mm-hmm. exactly how to target you and i think that's kind of what we're seeing happening right now when we're looking at like the new heights of division in this community right uh, it's become it's becoming absolutely insane but we have to remember like some of these people are literally like mk ultra assets mm-hmm. and people are being activated and if if they were able to manipulate you as a child, they know your weaknesses. They know how to control you still. And unfortunately, people are still in that position. What are your thoughts? Yeah, thank you. No, I think it's true. And that's why, I mean, I've had to work really hard to get my own like consciousness back. I meditate every morning. I meditate every night, like eating and drinking and sleeping. That's part of my protocol and being heart-centered, being super self-aware is is my like top-notch priority. So that I cannot be, you know, fucked with again. That's right. that's over. So it's, it comes back to consciousness. How much am I working with my consciousness and also my heart? The, the energy field of the heart is such a huge protector. When that chakra is activated, you have direct line of, of connection back into the cosmos and the source point. Um, yep. That's a technology. And yeah. we, I think, don't spend enough time talking about that in intelligent ways. And the heart's not just gooey, like lovey-dovey emotions. It's a lot more going on there. And it's a gateway. It's a portal. Uh, it's it's higher, a higher consciousness. And in the Tibetan cosmology, we would say the mind and the heart are the same thing. Right. Really yeah, interesting. Right. Exactly. Nailed it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why, like that phrase, like, I know it by heart. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we say know it by heart instead of like, I know it by brain? like what does that tell you innately instinctively we understand the importance of our heart and the heart is actually a brain it's Mm -hmm. it's it's actually a brain uh so when you memorize things you memorize them by heart you know it by heart and you talked about being self-aware and that's true because if you're not self-aware then what are you like like you're just mindlessly participating in this matrix you know and and science is backing up everything we just said uh what is it i think it's the electric field of the heart is 100 Mm -hmm. times stronger than the brain and the magnetic field is 5,000 times stronger than that of the brain and it amplifies it amplifies psychic ability you know when I, i know that has had a direct influence on my own psychic ability opening and staying strong is that heart heart connection let me see it with my heart like you said tyler i know it from here not it's not up here yeah Yeah. the true knowing is here right yeah the mind is supposed to be a servant of the heart well society hasn't reversed where everyone's Mm -hmm. stuck in their mind and and not in their heart you know so we got to get back yeah and i would say too um i would put in a plug for uh embodiment and for me like getting back in my body and not just in some trauma field somewhere you know association um 
being in like having awareness of the sensations of my body. Like I went for a lot of my life not knowing like am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I cold? Do I need to pee? Like what do I what does my body even need? Or what are the sense like the body is such a, a fine-tuned instrument. Mm-hmm. But it's it's always sending subtle signals. Like a lot of you know, intuitive people out in your audience know sometimes you get a, a sensation, a, a tingling, a, a pulsation, a something that goes through your left arm or your right toe or whatever. Those are signals. They're coming from everywhere. Learn to read them. So being in my, for me, keep it in first person here, it's been really important to be somatically aware. That also helps clear your chakras and ground you to this earth, which is another huge support if you're looking to regain your own uh, mastery, to be master of yourself, your experience, and so that you cannot be put under a spell or operable. Yes. Yes. You fall into those consciousness traps, which is exactly what they are. Um, I I also, you, you also mentioned um, some new information about your twin, I believe. Well, and information new about, information about twi- new, I don't know if I have new information about Dean. I have, I think my, what I might've said is I'm, I have been, in, um, I'm aware that I need to go deeper into the, the, the goodness of my experience that has to do with my um, presence on a ship. Now that's always been part of this lifetime. I just have turned away from it. And Tyrion on that ship is a mate from Procyon. And I had memories come back in which I recognized, realized, recalled that I had been programmed very traumatically, tortured, I would say, to never relate to those that I call the Light Alliance, which is a a galactic confederation. That's how they introduced themselves to me. Don't ever relate with your mission. Don't relate with the people there. Don't remember that you know anything about that. And certainly never talk about it. So I, I couldn't, I wasn't parsing out my own feelings every time I would kind of mention this because if you've heard me mention it it's always really fast and i'm in and out out the door with it i don't go into detail about it and i recognize it's more than just feeling self-conscious because it's some thing that's going on now and it's so full of light and da da da. but i had intense feelings of shame and humiliation coming up around it and like what's that about this is so beautiful why are you why is that all coming up and it's a programming especially because they use you guys know this they use sexual abuse above anything else to yeah. program and torture yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that interesting? So in any case, um, I'm more able to embrace that reality. And they were, I called them my galactic guardians as well, because when I was a kid, how did I survive all this? They were helping me. They kept part of what I would say is part of my soul, part of my own most natural essence with them on the ship uh, while I was being taken into the dark ops. And it was through the auspices of my experience up there that I even volunteered for this earth experience to go into all these programs. So it's a, it's, I'm doing my due diligence and coming back around and spending a lot of time kind of parsing out all the information here. There's a lot more to come, a lot that I know that I've kept back and so on and so forth, but it's something that I'm um, more ready to navigate now. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the light Alliance. Can you elaborate on that a little further? Yeah, it's it's my own shorthand. It's just my own name for them as family. It kind of takes it out of this realm of like this official group with a big name into uh, something I can work with that feels cozy and safe. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But um, they're a positive group. A hundred percent. So so they are, we are uh, completely 
off offhand, we're not we're we're not hands-on with humanity, but more observing things that happen. Um, and and part of a larger consortium. And that ship is it's very light. It's a Syrian craft that is, I would say, as a living light ship, polymorphic. It can change shape, and it's it's not a warship by any means at all. Um, and it, we're making sure that we stay on track with the mission of basically observation um, and and being very um, neutral with the things that have happened. We were especially interested. I was, we were, how do I say it, in first person, interested in the galactic slave trade, which is a lot of what I was experiencing or rubbing uh, elbows with when I was in the programs um, and relaying that information back to them. So, and it's changed over time, but but our, our non-intervention policy has been pretty, um, it's not entirely not, not intervening, but we're never going to a planet and like giving them arms or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. I, I think of them more as family and not with this like big, huge agenda. And my my um, function on the ship is I'm resting in a pod a lot of times as an Andromedan. Um, it's making sure we stay on track with those objectives and never letting our emotions or our um, like we're going to go in and save the day somewhere uh, kind of come into play. We have like what could be called as prime directives that we have to follow. If that right. makes sense. Yeah. So maybe non-intervention isn't the right word, because obviously we have an investment in bringing things to light throughout this area of the galaxy. Um, but there's limits to what we feel we should do, so to speak. By the way, I've seen a few orbs. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen them, too. Uh, I have fly past you yeah. during, during this episode. So whatever that means, they're, they're with whatever you. Whatever that means. The Light Alliance <laughs> yeah. is with you, right? Uh, oh yes, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, and it's interesting, and I think it's good to get information from these groups because, and to know that they're out there, that there are groups out there that actually have humanity's best interest in mind. Um, they're not trying to kill us, you know. And obviously, you said you were like bumping heads with the galactic slave trade, so this would mean that it's separate from that, right? And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we were interested in, so I'm trying to, it's always hard to find human language for this. Like when I'm sitting here in an earth body, let's talk about consciousness and bodies. I'm a field of consciousness. So I'm incarnated as Rebecca, but I have an aspect that's on that ship. One of our things when I back it, would take it back in a linear way into time, it's like we were interested in what was going on with the slave trade back in the, what we would call now as the seventies and eighties. Right. And so I come in, come down to earth and get abducted in the program so we can learn more through direct experience. (laughs) Yeah. And I've said that on previous interviews also, I'm a firm believer that some of the people who are disclosing this now or blowing the whistle on this now came to earth knowing they were going to be abducted into the program so they could ultimately share the story, blow the whistle on it. Right. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. And that is what I'm a hundred percent that person too. And yeah. that's what opened this for me to allow me to really heal. It's like I get the bigger picture. I needed all of this to happen. Um, that can be hard from a conventional point of view to, um, to, to, to stomach or to process that. Like I came in and I'm glad all that happened. I mean, on a 3d level as a kid, that was awful, but in a, in a bigger 
picture the soul's journey over lifetimes and parallel experiences, it makes a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't be here talking to you if I hadn't gone through all that because I wouldn't know. I mean, I just wouldn't have had the experiences. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we have, you know, the split consciousness part of you is, you know, in a parallel dimension somewhere, life, whatever, you know, carrying Mm -hmm. out these missions. Then you have your physical body here. But then we also have our higher galactic self, which I believe is what you like what you might tap into when you're doing light language or during your sessions. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we're tapping into another higher aspect of ourself that's completely separate from that. Would you agree? Um, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I, like I go back in my own experience or my own awareness into like the original source seed that seems to come from the Andromeda galaxy. And from that, we could trace it back to source. Where do we begin? Um, we're always connected to that that creative impulse of the universe where we began. Yeah. So we're tapping in. I mean, I feel like I tap into a lot of different uh, aspects of my consciousness, a lot of different maybe avatars, we could say. Um, yes, around the light language, tapping into a, a higher uh, octave of my own experience, not my 3D self per se, but something that is not necessarily separate from me, but again, a higher octave mm-hmm. of my own being. Right. And I've experienced uh, a session with you. I recently had a session with you and it was incredible. And I love your method of how you incorporate the light language and then you translate it in real time and you end up speaking in poetry, which I think is, I don't know if you mean to do that or not. It just happens. It like happens. Yeah, it happens. (laughs) It happens. But it's it's beautiful because it's like, it's kind of cryptic, but it's not. It tells a story, but there's so much to unpack. It's like code Mm. in itself. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. I got a lot out of it. And whoever's listening, if you are looking for help, you know, uncovering anything, uh, Rebecca is your girl. She can help you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. I sometimes feel like I overlook what I've been gifted from, gifted with, like that I can use all this now. It's definitely coming from a higher aspect. It's not like little Rebecca sitting down there with, you know, all my little thingies. I mean, all my all my neurosis, like we humans have, it takes me into another level. And that's what like language does. It takes yep. me, it keeps me at a high vibration throughout the entire length of the session um, and allows me to downstep a lot of higher information. It's interesting how it comes through and I understand a, a basic information set from it. Not a ver- verbatim translation, but I got the info. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and then how has... I know the answer to this, but people might need to hear it. How has doing these sessions actually helped you heal? Because I I know there's a trade-off there. Yeah. um, Oh, wow. I just feel like I'm so blessed to be doing what I came here to do on so many levels. I do not doubt my purpose here at all. And I know that I'm helping people. And it comes from a a place of heart. And um, um, I'm just glad that I'm that this is unlocked, you know, over the years that I'm able to function at this level. Yeah. And it it gives me, um, what does it, it gives me a perspective about my own journey. Uh, I think it, it does, again, it elevates my frequency every time in a session. Like when I do a few sessions in a row, <clears throat> I kind of have to, you know, pull myself back down here in a way, <laughs> not like I'm ungrounded and floating away, but like my energy is really high. Um, 
there's yeah. something really transformative for me about it. And also really humbling to that people trust me with their deepest, most um, intimate information with reason. I mean, I do respect that. I, I'm very um, honored to do what I do as well. And that there's there's so much validation that we are so much more than we think. Like this isn't something real special that I'm doing. Like we all have access to our own unique abilities that can come on board. Like if I can pull this through out of everything I've been through, um, <clears throat> that's that's a testimony to something beautiful in the human spirit. Right. Right. Well said. Exactly. Amen to that. And can you let people know how they can find you and book a session if they want to? Yeah, RebeccaRoseBarfoot.com is my website. I am probably two months back. I'm booked out about two months in advance right now. So, yeah. That's great. That's amazing. That's yeah. good for you. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. Still um, waiting on you to write that book, too. <laughs> well, it's. And I was saying I've got to go on sabbatical to get my drawings and paintings done and then to start the first book, which is in pieces and parts, but I, it's really difficult to do with the everything else happening so sure right right time wise right but the, the idea is there it's happening i know it is 100 percent, because the writing is so natural too like my writing comes from that higher place that i don't entirely understand mm -hmm. um yeah we're always like, we're always tapping into that yeah it's like channeling right right in, in a way in a way, in a way. Yeah. yeah i think it, it is a form of it yeah mm -hmm. definitely um and sometimes you're writing and you, you can, don't you don't know what you're gonna write, and the next thing you know, you've you've written a whole you're page in that flow state. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. right. yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, joining us once yeah. again, sharing all your beautiful information. Uh, yeah. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, guys, RebeccaBarfoot.com. That's your website. No, it's no. That'll take you to my old art art website, RebeccaRoseBarfoot.com. Oh, okay. Rose. Rebecca Rose Barfoot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I get confused with all that stuff. Too much to remember. Uh, we'll yeah, I get it. Yeah. We'll have the link in the description. Yeah. The link's below, yeah. guys. Go book a session with her. Yeah. And also, I'm trying to grow my Telegram channel so I can get off Facebook, which is shadow ban banning me. And it's also just a really uh, compromised platform. So if oh, you yeah. want to definitely follow me over on Telegram, you can. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll put that link below also. I do follow you on Telegram. Uh, I, I like it for certain things, but it's, yeah, it's very cool yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 What isn't nowadays, actually? Uh, well, thank you for joining us. This was a, this was a yeah. lot of fun. So thank you so much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys bye -bye. for tuning in. And until next time, have a great evening. We love you all. <laughs>